All right. Well, happy new year officially, and welcome to the Behold Podcast. We're glad that you are tuning in with us, whatever day you're, you're, you're listening with us. Man, what a, what a fun way to start the year, by just spending this next uh, 30, 45 minutes together to behold the glory of Christ, talk about uh, what's to come for us, you know, and uh, just chew on some of his truths with one another. This is Sean and my boy Dan. What's as up, always. everybody? No place I'd rather be. And we have the one and the only Mr. Nathan Baird. Hey, VBC family. Both of you have had an exciting couple of weeks. Dan, where did you just come back from? Yeah, I just came back from uh, beautiful, sunny Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, it actually was beautiful and sunny, but it was also uh, single degrees uh, in temperatures with the wind chill. Um, it was uh, the coldest I've ever been in my life. It's beautiful and sunny in the way that like Antarctica is beautiful. And sunny. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it was uh, it was pretty ridiculously cold. But uh, a lot of you guys know I'm a Packers fan, and uh, I got to go to a game with my buddy Evan Robry. Shout out to the Robry clan Ooh. and to Evan, uh, and just had a great time uh, going to the game and doing all the you know seeing all the sights of Lambeau Field and Titletown District and just getting a little bit of the local. F- fair and and flavor and the game itself was amazing packers uh clinched clinched the number one seed going into the playoffs so that what? means any, if anyone wants to go to the super bowl in the nfc they have to go through lambeau field which uh can be quite a quite a tall order with the the temperature and the weather that can happen there so pretty excited and it was just a great time also with my buddy evan we had some, a lot of awesome talks just about the lord and about life and it was just a great opportunity to connect and Went and visited a church out there that I have done some some work with in the past, and it was cool to see them alive and thriving and doing well. And yeah, it was it was a blessing all around. Good time. A little bit of a of a hard hard time getting there. Uh, I didn't necessarily nail it on my travel plans on the way there. Uh, I would have done things a lot different. Uh, had a lot of delays as well. But had a good time in Moscow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> No, literally, you would have thought like it, it was. It was. It was absurd. Like the the first day, I spent more time waiting in the airport and driving in a car than I did in the airplane flying to get there. That's hilarious. Wow. <laughs> it was a nightmare. But uh, we got there, and then on the way back, we we uh, we course corrected a bit, so we're good. <laughs> you skipped the Moscow. Yeah, stuff. exactly. <laughs> Wow, it's exciting. Yeah. Uh, Nathan, where have you been Man, recently? Uh, you know, early on in December, uh, I caught that disease that's been going around. You've heard, probably heard of it, COVID-19. Oh, I haven't heard of that. It's actually. a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. And wow. um, that was pretty horrible. My, And, you know, of course, we have 10 people in our house. And so like a train, like all other trains that go through our house, one after the other, we all uh, got it. Um, little, the kids are what running around. Fine. You sharing. Yeah, you really know, I, I like to I like to do that. Um, it's you know I you know the the you know you go online and you say hey uh, if if you get it try to qu- quarantine yourself in your house and blah blah. blah. There's there's no way my house can be quarantined from, from each other. You know, we can, yeah. we, we quarantine from the outside world, but it's like, uh, no, these little kids are climbing all over you, running, yeah. you know, touching everything. So anyway, and, and, and it's kind of traumatic for your kids. Like you're going to get away from me. Like, what are you going to yeah, do? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it wasn't going to work out. So anyway, um, everyone, everyone, um, the, the, the really greatest thing about COVID besides the fact that it's over now and I have my taste back, which is fantastic. <laughs> Lots of cool science experiments you can do when you lose your taste. So, oh, okay. uh, you can't taste anything. Thing, so just have fun with uh, foods. Probably save money on spices. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Well, you know, I could. This is this is the cool thing. Just if you haven't experienced this yet, 
Um, I you cannot taste flavor, but you can taste that something is sweet. You can taste if it's sour, salty. So uh. those those elements you can. It's kind of like you got this residual sense of it, yeah, but you have no yeah. sense of how how spicy or how salty, That's and you crazy. have no and and you can't get any other like complex flavor. It's wow. weird. Yeah. So anyway, the best thing about COVID besides this fact it's over is the love and care we got from the VBC family. It, it's just thank you for everyone who uh, brought us meals, uh, texts. Sometimes you were feeling pretty bad. You couldn't get a text back. But just knowing that people were praying for us and we're checking in and um, and maybe just because as a side encouragement to anyone who's never been involved in a small group, um, our, our small group of family and friends were, were, were so involved and praying for us and, and checking and bringing food. So um, awesome. and not, not, uh, not to say that we don't care about you if you're not in a small group, but it, the small groups and groups are, are how, how we connect and care for each other because it's just a deeper level of knowing and relationship. So, yeah, I just encourage you to, to do that as we're going to be starting up in a few ah, weeks. So keep, wow. stay tuned. Well, hey, con- well, congratulations on beating COVID. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're, thank you. you're, uh, you survived. Yep, and uh, also congratulations on that shameless plug for small groups. That well, was... you know what? I like to, I like to <laughs> weave that in whenever I can. It's good. It's, al- it's almost like what you're saying is even with your messed up tongue, you could, through your group, Taste and see that the Lord was oh, good to you. Oh, look at that. Oh. I did taste and see the Lord was good. Oh, I don't good. know how I feel about that. It's a good that. COVID it's joke. Too yeah. late. This was too much. Wow. Well, <laughs> too on the nose. I bet, Nathan, that over those couple weeks, you might have thought more than you normally do, man, I can't wait until I don't have to deal with illness. Did that yes. thought across your oh, mind? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and um, I, I would say I, I had a pretty eh, mild, mild case on the you know, on actually symptomatic stuff. And, uh, and then I got a little bit of pneumonia, which that was the worst of, That'll of everything. That'll get you. That'll get and you. And so when you're there and you're having trouble, you know, in the breathing department, yeah. you're just like, yeah, I would like, you know, you're like, wow. I'll uh, take one of those new bodies. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, take, I'll take one of those new bodies. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and just, you know, recognizing that, that there's many people who've had loss, uh, through this, mm-hmm. um, uh, of, of all kinds, but, you know, family members. And so, yeah, just, just recognizing how just this one thing has has highlighted how this, our present world is not uh, perfect. Yeah. It's not set up for the type of eternal joy that we're made for. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, isn't it perfect then that we're talking right now on Sunday mornings about heaven? What's yeah. It? Segway, if you Se- will. That was a good segue. <laughs> Segway. Oh, yeah. man. So we, we started two weeks ago at the Altamont, and you guys at the Crossing Campus started this last Sunday, the Heaven series. And you know, the subtitle is Better Than You Can Imagine. Mm. And it's true. I think we all have kind of a, a some kind of notion of what heaven's going to be like. But the reality is it's better than we could possibly, possibly fathom. But we're going to do our best in this series to, that said, to examine and remind ourselves what's in store for us in eternity and, and kind of what that means now. So uh, as you guys started the series at both campuses, what are some of the first kind of um, directions or, or thought processes that the Lord started pulling your hearts with? Mm. Well, one of the things that um, I know Pat and Gary touched on was just the contrast between cultural views of heaven, what we get through movies and, and uh, you know, books and stuff like that, and what the word actually says and um, how, um, you know, how people have different responses to what heaven is. And so 
um, wow, how, how important it is to, you know, have a, a, a recorrected or corrected uh, vision of what the Bible says about um, heaven, what that actually means for us as followers of Jesus. Yeah, I think that is so, so important. And there's implications for people, obviously, that have been following Christ, right? People inside the church, but also implications for people outside the church. And we're going to get into that a little bit later too, but I just love how, I think Gary said a couple different times, this is one of the most, you know, often asked questions mm. among unbelievers, especially just what happens when you die? What What is... What what kind of life is there after after death, if anything? Mm. And I just think it's a great opportunity to have our our facts right about like what does the Bible actually teach about heaven, and then also to to have our our affections moved by those facts, mm. mm-hmm. and and to to have this really eager longing and, and expectation for that for us to walk in that reality and. I think one of the one of the the things that I really took away from from this is just the hope that we that that it, it can stir in us. If we have an accurate view, a, a biblical view of what heaven is is going to be like, uh, whether we get there because we die before Jesus comes back, or if Jesus returns and 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 things get going that way, it, it's it's going there. There's something that that's real, based in reality that is going to be this, this awesome trade up from what, whatever we're experiencing right now. And to me, that is a powerful hope that, um, as Gary taught us can, can help us endure the kind of the light and momentary affliction that we Mm. face here on this earth. So the hope for me was like, was so, so key. And I'd love to maybe talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting because I feel like, um, well, I think Pat even, I don't, I think he did it at the Crossing Campus too with like some of the statistics and stuff. Oh yeah, the Barna stuff. It's yeah. interesting though how the majority of Americans believe in some kind of idea of heaven. More, the higher percentage of Americans believe in heaven than believe in Christianity or even claim to be religious. Yeah, which is so interesting. Uh, and so I think for a lot of people, you know, the, this topic of heaven is kind of the the main first selling point when it comes to. Christianity, you know, it's like, oh, heaven, you know. Don't you want to be in heaven? Turn or burn, you know. Yeah. Or, or even, you know, a lot of the language you see from Jesus himself, you know, or or John or Paul or whoever. It's like, man, God so loved the world that he gave his son and whoever believes in him will live forever. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a selling point. But then I feel like once you tr- put your trust in Jesus, or at least in our church family culture, we end up focusing a lot more about life with Jesus now and what that looks like and it's interesting how little relatively to that we actually talk about heaven because hmm. it is like an, it is just a, an understanding we all have. Yep, heaven's coming. We know it's going to be amazing and beautiful. At least we hope we all have that. And then we we tend to focus more on, so what does that mean for us now, you know? Huh. But we don't often stop and just, like you said, Dan, behold what that's going to be like and, and soak it in. And it's funny because, again, going back to the beginning, like so many people, it's like, oh, you can live forever. I'm in. You know, that sounds yeah, – I don't want to die. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, man, the beauty of heaven is not just you're not going to die. It's that, like you said, it's so much better than life is here. You know, what's in store for us in heaven is such a trade up, like you said, compared yeah. to, because if we just had this life forever, I'm going to be honest, that doesn't sound that amazing. <laughs> yeah, I might, I might pass on that. <laughs> you know, we'll have COVID 73 by then, you know, or whatever it is. Uh, but man, heaven's going to be so amazing. So yeah, that hope topic I think is really important. 
Why do you think, uh, just as you're sharing, like this, you touched on something I was thinking earlier. Why do you think, what are the different reasons why people might avoid thinking about heaven, why Christians might avoid yeah. even thinking about heaven? I think Satan is okay. Probably I would say first, because yeah. to me, at least from what, how I feel with how Satan distracts me in my life, one of his main tactics is just that process of keeping us busy, keeping mm-hmm. our minds just just busy work, you know, and yep. distractedness. Yep. And it's so much easier for us to, with our busy lives and limited time in the day and all mental capacity and all that stuff, to just focus on what's in front of us, you know, which is how am I going to. Uh, be a Christ-like pastor at my church family? How am I going to love my wife well and serve my daughter well and all those things? Those are like everyday things. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy for me to not think about, oh man, what is heaven going to be like, you know? And sometimes I do, of course, but relative to those things, it's just so easy for it to be in the back burner because it's not something I'm faced with right now. At least least Satan tricks us into thinking it's not something that impacts my day-to-day life. But then the reality is, like, you were going to get to in a second, just that hope piece means it really does impact the day-to-day. That's yeah. a trick, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's, good. that's a great observation. What do you think, uh, Dan? Yeah. Something that came to mind is, is I think, the reason we're not captured by it, and Gary did a great job of, of, of saying, like, we need to scope these things out, right? That we need to, we need to be, be in our mind's eye and, in our, and with our emotions and everything that we are. We need to be looking into what is heaven. And I think the reason why we don't do it is because maybe we have a, a low view of what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. I, I remember being a kid and, and having, <laughs> hearing somewhere from someone, you know, that we're going to worship God forever in heaven, unending for, you know, just thousands and tens of thousands of years stacked on top of each other. And, and I, and I, as a kid, I hated going to church. I, my, my parents, dragged me there by the scruff of my neck every Wednesday, every Sunday. Yeah. And in my mind, I was like, I I have to do this for all the eternity. Now to me, it sounded better than the alternative burning in hell, (laughs) you know, separated from God and all my family and all everyone I love. It sounded better than the alternative. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm, I guess I'll, I'll sign up for that, you know? And so I, I wonder if some people carry that view into their adult life as they're living out. It's like, Man, I'm just. It's like it's it's too disappointing to think about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like, exactly. Or, or it's kind of like the. Pre- it's like if you if you uh, worked really hard to get some award, and then you like look behind and you saw you saw the award. Yeah, like, yeah, like, it's like that's made it. Out of cardboard. Yeah, that, 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 that's what I'm working for. Yeah. I guess I'll keep working for it, but totally. uh, it's kind of disappointing. I don't want to think about it too much. Yeah, well, and I think even too like to add to that, I think for some people it's that it's that they have this low view or that's depressing to think about. But then on the flip side, I think people, a lot of people, probably. Because uh, we're so thankful and we're we're very glad that the Lord designed it this way, that once you do put your trust in Jesus, you're not going to lose that inheritance. But then there's a piece of that where I think for some people they abuse that freedom. You know, there's they, there's that thought of like, well, I know I'm going to go to heaven, so I don't need to waste my time thinking about it. It's, it's already yeah. guaranteed. Move on to things that are going to impact right now. You know, which I think again, it's just not just about whether you're not you're going to get the inheritance or not, but you're missing out, I think, on some of the the richness and fullness of life that God wants for you now by not participating in that mm-hmm. way. And, and, and also, uh, and kind of there's a, maybe a disjunction. Um, either, either I'm going to think about heaven or I'm going to think about now, mm-hmm. right? I can't do both. And what I think is really hmm. interesting is that like this passage of, from 2 Corinthians 14 that Gary went through and many, all these others that we talk, we talk about really, the the point of them is 
kind of kind of what you're talking about, Dan. Uh, hope produces uh, hope in the future produces the action now. Yeah. And in Second Corinthians uh, four, he says, Paul writes, uh, "For this this light momentary affliction, talking about suffering." is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So he's saying the things we're, we're in, experiencing now and suffering is actually paying it forward into it's the future. And then later on, yeah. he says, he who has prepared for us this thing has given us the spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. So this guarantee now comes backwards. So it's, it's actually a very, uh, almost like a circle yeah. um, where the, where the past, uh, our current time is, is influencing our future experience and the knowledge of that future reality is informing our, our ability to endure. That's so cool. Wow. It, you know, it makes me think of this, this book I read, uh, it's called man's search for meaning by Victor Frankel. And it's a fascinating book and we, we wouldn't agree with, with everything in the book, but basically, um, Frankel is, uh, a survivor of the Holocaust. So he, he lived through concentration camps and, and the whole third Reich and, and Nazi invasion and, and he also was a, 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 a trained psychologist. And so as he's going through this horrific ordeal, he is kind of psychoanalyzing everything. And he's, you know, basically on both sides, like what, what, what type of person could do these atrocities to, to another human being? But also what are the characteristics of the people who can survive these atrocities? What are the, what is happening inside the mind of the people who survive and, and can, can cling on to, to life in the midst of this, this horrific thing. And, you know, that was one of the, the takeaways of, of this, this life is like when you have something to live for, like when you have someone you love, something you love, when you have, um, this, this, this goal that you're holding on to this, this hope that you're holding on to that when I, when I, if I get through this dot, dot, dot is waiting for me on the other side. And there's this true, I think human, uh, you know, element of, of hope. Like you read about these stories who were of people who were, you know, maybe, maybe hostages for, for, or prisoners of war for years and years, or, or maybe they were lost at sea and, and rescued, you know, and, and, and you hear what they say. It's like that, that hope that I am waiting for, I'm, I'm, I'm holding on for something. Mm. It can help you endure the most, the most horrific of things. And, um, it's interesting, you know, in that passage that you mentioned that Gary taught, uh, is there, there is this, this sense that what we're going through right now in perspective of the glory that is to be revealed, revealed is it, 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 the suffering is light and momentary, but it's crazy because you look at something like the Holocaust or you look at mm. people that have lost loved ones during COVID or you look at, you know, people who, who have cancer diagnoses or live with chronic pain. It's like, this is real heavy stuff. But when we think about it in comparison to the glory of heaven um, and how great it's going to be, uh, it, it gives us that strength to endure. And, you know, I think that's one of the things I really like to, to, to take away from this series. And maybe we can even kick it around now is like, what is, what is going to make heaven so great? Mm. Like why, what did, what did we cover on Sunday in your guys' mind? That is like the, the thing that gives like guts and teeth to our hope. 
Mm-hmm. Why is it, why, why is it something we can look forward to? Why is it so great? Yeah. I, go ahead, Sean. No, I was, I was going to add to the, the hope thing of just, um, you know, I just thinking about the power of hope and the people in some of those situations, you know, in times of war or whatnot. I think just one thing to, to, to recognize is that the power of hope is not necessarily determined by like the, the image itself and whatever you're putting that hope in, you know, like I think about Narnia, Narnia seems amazing, (laughs) you know, like it sounds great. I'd love to be there, but if I'm in a hard time, I'm not gonna put my trust in Narnia because Narnia is not real, you know? And I think for people in these situations, I think one of the differences that you see in those kinds of things is, you know, if you have two American soldiers who are in a concentration camp and one of them has hope and one of them doesn't, they both know what America is like. They both know what home is like. But for one of them, the idea of going home is real. And for one of them, it's not. They mm-hmm. don't trust that it can happen. And so I think with heaven, it's the same for us. I think just so much of the power of what hope of in heaven can can do for us and is for us is really shaped by the fact that we believe that it's real. Yeah. I think that's a huge, going back to your question of why I don't think about heaven, sadly, I think even for people who claim to, to know and trust Jesus, there is just that the itching in the back of their mind mm-hmm. of that seed of doubt that Satan places of, but is it real? Yeah. Is it real? Which I think we're going to get into a little bit later, but about how you know the first fruits shown in Jesus can, can point to that reality. Yeah. But now I'm skipping ahead. So back to the hope yeah. thing. Yeah, well, yeah. no, it's great. It's got to be real and it's also got to be defined. Like we have to yeah. understand the details of it, right? And that that's, uh, I think... Those go hand in, in glove. So yeah, you so, can't get excited about something that's vague. Yeah, and you can't uh, uh, be firm in something that's not true. Yes, well yeah. said. Yeah. yeah. So so so, what are some things that that we covered on Sunday that can give us some definition to our hope? Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to redirect your question. <laughs> oh gosh, this is maybe no. it's just a bad question because well, now I've asked it twice well, here, here, and it's here, both the, not been answered. It's, it's, it's a big question, is what it yeah. is. It's What's heaven going to be like? And it's going to be kind of answered throughout the series. Is part of, part of the reason on on this uh, the first week? Uh, I think Pat was setting up kind of you know what are, where we get for our information, what actually happens to us, um, what is this new earth, etc. Yeah. And then and then and then Gary talked about this new. Um, uh, what's going to happen before we're resurrected? Yeah. So it's almost like the pre-heaven experience yeah. of heaven. Or yeah, 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 yeah. So, but I mean, like, like for for example, we're going to be with God where He is. Yeah. You know, um, that that the heaven is not just a. Pl- I think you mentioned that, Dan. That it's not just a place you're going to. There is a personal relational reality that makes the presence of God wherever He is. That's where where uh, heaven is, and which is kind of why Jesus's incarnation was a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, Emmanuel. We just went through the series, yeah, right? God with us. God with us. So heaven has come down to earth mm-hmm. now, and now then heaven's uh, we're going to be drawn into heaven, and then when uh, at this recreation, uh, heaven and earth are going to be joined. Yeah. So there's this there's this uh, this coming together that's happening, and yeah. so um, I think. Uh, all the um, well, actually, I brought, I brought a, a verse from Psalm 82, 84 just to talk about this yeah. kind of idea of God's presence being amazing. Right. This is Psalm eighty four, one and two, and then ten through twelve. Uh, uh, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Yahweh of hosts! Mm. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of Yahweh. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. So, so this this um, this psalm, the psalmist here, uh, not David. 
um, is writing with the temple in mind, probably hmm. that that because that was where God's presence came and rested among yeah. um, Israel. Yeah. Um, so he's thinking about that, and then uh, verse he's saying this is this is the best place, and then he says yeah. in, in verses ten through twelve, for a day in your courts yeah. is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For Yahweh Elohim is a sun and shield. Yahweh bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. So now we have this yeah. idea that not only is it God's presence, but the goodness that is that is yeah. that he has flows to those who are trusting in, in with him. Yeah. And so um, everything that happens in the, the the all the benefits that Revelation talks about and so forth is directly because it's all centered Christ around. Is here. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's so funny because that. <laughs> I asked a bad question because that's what I was getting at. That, okay. Okay. That's what I, so I should have just to said, answer your question. I should, yes, have just it's a bad said, question. I should have just said, tell us about the presence of God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, anyway, but, but I, I love that. And it is something that should just get our, us so pumped up is being in the physical presence of Jesus and, you know, being able to just have every barrier and distraction removed and just to be able to see him in all his glory, it's something mm-hmm. that we've been longing for our whole mm-hmm. lives, you know, and you, you, you read the Psalms or, you, you know, you see even Moses like, show me your glory. Like, I want to see, right? There's this, there's been this longing all throughout the generations of, we want to see what you're really like, God. Okay. And, and it, it's something that I, I think about a lot too, because there is this foretaste of that now, here and now, right? Like that psalmist wouldn't have been writing about that if he hadn't experienced mm-hmm. some relational, emotional, spiritual manifestation of God's, of God's presence. And if you look at us now, you know, in the new covenant, uh, in this point in history that we are, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And so we, we experience his presence in a way Paul talks about in second Corinthians, it's even better than what even Moses experienced on the top of the mountain. When, when, when he came down, his face was glowing and radiant, uh, the, the, that wore off over time. (laughs) And, and, and really when he came down from that mountain, he came down with bad news. He came down with this law that pointed out our sinfulness and it, and it really was a ministry of death is what Paul says. But this, this ministry that we have in the spirit of God now, here and now, this manifestation of his presence in our life now, it brings life and freedom and joy and peace. And it's actually not diminishing. It is increasing ever from one degree of glory to the next, all the way until that point when we are in the physical presence of Jesus. And so I think God has put like Paul, or, uh, Paul, <laughs> Pat said this on Sunday, like God has put eternity in our hearts, mm-hmm. that there's this, there's this longing for heaven. And why? It's because we want to be in the presence of God. Yep. And my question is, do, do we live that way? Do, do, we, do we love people with this reality that God is with us? That, that, that yeah, Jesus came and he entered into humanity and he, he, he rescued us from sin and death. And, and, and that is God drawing nearer to us. But, but then he said, I'm going to heaven to prepare this place for you that, that you should be excited about. <laughs> and I'm leaving with you it, someone who's even better 
<laughs> yeah. Because you think I'm close now. I'm going to get even closer. I'm going to get, I'm going to come inside you. I'm going to be inside of you. And I don't know, I get really fired up about it because I just think whether it's, um, I don't know, like how we live and love in the world, or it's like the, the kind of attitude we show up to church with, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. or it's how we read our Bible or it's, it's how we go about our work. Are we living like God is with us? Like, mm-hmm. are we living like we're in the presence of God? Knowing that it, we're not fully, we're not, we're not experiencing the consummate reality of that because that's heaven. Yep. <laughs> but are we living in a way that is, is realizing that we get a taste of it now? And we can do that in an ever-increasing way until we do get to be with him. You make me think of a, a, a distinction I never thought of before, but you could, we could say heaven localized is now, mm. and one day it will be hev- heaven globalized. That's cool. So yeah. in the sense that, um, you know, Jesus says in Luke that that uh, do you not uh, that the kingdom of God dwells within you or among you, mm. and we're, we're told that, you know, they'll know you're my disciples by your love for another, or like the fruit of the Spirit, that being indwelt by the spirit produces the life of God, the yeah. actual life of God. Yeah. And like who wouldn't want a world, for yeah. example, where there's, there's joy all the time yeah. or yeah. peace all the time or every, no one ever gets impatient ever again. Mm-hmm. There's never, um, th- there's only love, right? All the, all the fruit of the spirit as a, as a universal thing, right? So, good. so there's that glow, there's that, there's that localization where we can practice the culture of heaven. The church actually should be should you know we are the temple together being built up, and so the temple. Um, this is kind of a hobby horse of mine. The temple is not a religious place. Mm. The re- temple is a kingdom place. It is the throne room Come of on. God. Mm. Come on. So that means uh, when we think about um, you know uh, co- going to uh, being a temple, where where God rules. We're, we are the we are the place where God's. Uh, Kingdom rule, his love, his the heavenly culture is being uh, dictated from, right? And mm-hmm. so it's not it's not just a place we come. It's got like you know your 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 vision of of a slightly better hell, which is eternity <laughs> singing songs, yeah. you know, in, in, a, in a church service. It goes on forever and ever. Yeah, yeah. But see, that's that's a, that misunderstands what a temple is yeah. and what what uh, it's it's God's presence, His throne room. And so, um, yeah, so I love that. I, I, I'm going to start using that. Maybe I'll make a that. t-shirt. Heaven, glo- Heaven localized is yeah. the church and how we live in our communities. And But we look forward to heaven globalized, which is going to have uh, even bigger ramifications. Yeah, kind of yeah. like, you know, it's nice to have a few, I don't, I'm trying to think of an analogy, but, you know, sometimes so there's some things where it's are nice together, but the more there's some things where with the more of you, you get, there's like a, Increased benefit yeah. that just kind of overflows. Well, yeah, and do you think it's do you think it's reasonable and good and and what God is after with us, like to think of VBC as a colony of heaven? Yeah, right. Yeah, to, no, I think to, it's great. to think of our 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 neighborhoods. Yeah. And, and, we're, we're colonists, yeah. you know, and I know sometimes it doesn't have the greatest connotation because there's a lot of exploitation that, that historically, but, but just that idea of like, we're, well, si- we're, we're citizens of heaven. Yeah. We're ambassadors. We're ambassadors of right, heaven. Right, right, so right. The, all the language is of a, of, is of a nation calling people to, to come, yes. to immigrate, yeah. come immigrate to this great King who's and given we won't his life exploit, We won't exploit We won't exploit land, you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, you know, and, yeah. and maybe I'll, I'll just, maybe someone's listening and they've been disappointed by church or hurt by church. Yeah, because right. uh, and I think the reason that happens is one because we're not we're not yet you know perfected, but but also if we thought of ourselves more as a 
as an outpost of heaven. Yeah, like VBC right? is a colony. Yeah, of no heaven. one, yeah. no, no one's alone. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really careful with language, right? I, you know, love people, not things, right? Yeah. That's a family motto. Another one that I use is I don't. I, I a couple of years ago, I do not like using the word single to talk about unmarried people mm. because there's no one alone or single. That's good. There should be no one alone or single in the yeah. kingdom of God. Yeah, that's good. And so, um, so you know, thinking about uh, thinking about this outflowing. Um, where everyone's connected, everyone's loved, people are are celebrated and enjoyed for their d- uh, unique differences. Yeah. Um, and no one's crammed into a mold, and yet, and yet, um, every you know, uh, everyone there's has a unity, place. There's yeah. unity. Everyone has a place in harmony. There's wor- worship. Worship there's, there's wor- is 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 passionate and heartfelt yeah. and expressive, right? Like, uh, and I know we were talking about this earlier offline. Like, like there there is a specialness to heaven that is. That when when the curtain gets peeled back in Revelation, we see a scene that is it, we could not experience it in its fullness here on Earth, mm. and it goes back to that physical presence of Jesus, and it goes back to the elimination of 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 sin and death, and and every tear is wiped. We're not going to see that on this side of eternity, but is there are, are there things we can do to see His kingdom come here and now mm. in our church, and that's that's what I'm passionate about. Um, what, what do you think, Sean, as we're getting into all this stuff? Yeah, I mean, this is a really big topic, you know, um, and you definitely hear that a lot, that kind of language uh, of like kingdom come now or we want heaven here on earth or bring heaven down. A lot of songs now are like, you know, heaven's coming down for us kind of yeah. thing. And I think that for someone who maybe is a newer Christian or hasn't really thought about that a lot, it's not super clear what that means, you know. Um, and it can even be like, a dangerous or just a misleading thing. Cause I think it's easy for us to, to read a scripture and say, that's how it should be right now. You know, or I read, you know, that amazing picture in revelation of people worshiping. And it's easy for us to say as, as leaders, Oh, well, our worship should look like that. And I think the more dangerous thought process is if our worship doesn't look like that, then something is wrong when that's just not true. You know, it goes to that conversation like we're talking about before of is this scripture we're looking at wherever it is in the Bible, is it, you know, a descriptive thing or is it a prescriptive thing? Is it saying, hey, this is what your worship should look like every time you worship or is it describing an amazing thing? But, you know, if something is descriptive, like we were just talking about in in Revelation, you know, five, six and seven, when the scrolls open and, and the multitudes from every nation are bowing before the throne and worshiping God together, that's a very descriptive thing. Even though it's not prescribing to us, hey, right now on Sunday, you better have 12,000 people from every tribe and every color in there. <laughs> right. You better bow before a throne and worship. If you're not, something's wrong. You know, It's not saying that. But even a descriptive thing like that, I think that there's potential there for us to see the Father's heart and his plan for his people. Or, or even just the, word, the worthiness of Jesus, right? Is, is, he, is he worthy of that now? Or is he only worthy of it then when, when we're all together in heaven, right? No, exactly. So it's the, the, all to say, just because it's descriptive doesn't mean we can't learn from it. You know, like I, I remember when Gary, when we we're talking about uh, BLM stuff and CRT stuff, he brought up that Revelation 7 passage mm-hmm. about every person's from every tribe and every every part of the earth is going to be bowing before the God together. So from that, we can learn, oh, this is the Father's heart. You know, racial divisions is not the Father's heart kind of thing. Yeah. So anyways, all to say, you have to parse it out and you do have to think critically when you're examining this kind of stuff of like, am I, am I unhealthily criticizing my worship and comparing it to heaven when I shouldn't be? Yeah. But at the same time, which to your point, 
man, if we do have access to the Father, if we have relationship with Jesus, if we have the Holy Spirit guiding us and helping us, then it should be a lot closer to that picture yeah. than what the world would call cele- celebration and all those things, you know? And it, as those things reveal the Father's heart, are we reflecting that in our worship? I think there's a helicopter flying over yeah, the building. Dude, so the three of us crazy. are all like, all like looking okay. around. I was like, is, last it, time is a, Jesus coming back Last now? time was an earthquake. Now we have yeah. That's hilarious. Every time. Well, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think that those pictures of worship reflect both the Father's heart towards us and then the true worshiper's heart towards the Father. So maybe the mechanics are a little bit different and, and what the picture looks like mm-hmm. is a little bit different. But if we're seeing people devoted to Jesus and praising his worthiness and bowing before him in heaven, then certainly we should be doing that same process here yeah. on earth, right? Yeah. Well, and, and and the things that Nate outlined there too, Nate, you got into a lot of the relational stuff. Hmm. And we and and whether it, we're talking about the kind of worship that God likes or we're talking about the kind of relationships that God wants for his people, the Bible is chock full of that stuff. Yep. And if we want to understand what God wants, what his heart is, and what what has been lost through sin entering the, the picture. Cause that's all it is, is we're getting, we're getting back to, to Eden. Yeah. We're getting yeah. back to God's original design yep. and, but with, with cities. Yeah. Is that is kind of cool. <laughs> which we're going to get into, but, but yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, Sean, you, you said it, it's hard for people to understand what is, what does a colony of heaven look like here mm-hmm. on earth? It's all right there for us in the Bible, whether we're talking about worship or we're talking about relationships or we're talking about work or finances or evangelism, whatever, it's it's all there for, for us in, in the Bible. And and that's man, there there's there's a it's a lot to get into, but I'm glad that it's there and spelled out for us. Yeah. Well and something I think about, you know, because Dan, you and I were the two worship dudes here, or music the worship the music dudes here. And so we talk a lot about, you know, like the order of worship and which mm-hmm. songs we're picking and, yeah. and just different, different elements that add to, you know, our, basically our liturgy here at VBC. And those are important things. But uh, one thing I, re- I remind myself is as I, um, you know, look at this picture of heaven, do, do you think that those worshipers needed to be given instructions for what was happening you know, do you read in Revelation? And then the Lord said, now bow in this way. And for the next five minutes, we're going to raise hands and reflect and worship kind of thing. No, it's just a natural outpouring. And not that we shouldn't do those things, but I think the one thing I go back to often is I think if individuals are are doing what we said, beholding the reality of the hope they have in heaven, and they're they they're in tune with the Holy Spirit, then that stuff's just going to happen. We don't need to give them instructions; it's just going to happen. So what you need to be doing is guiding them towards Christ. You know, it reminds me of when when Paul says that people we worship by the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit doing this work. It's not us guys. So, anyways, all to say, in my role as a worship leader and as a shepherd here, I have to remind myself sometimes that I'm like, man, I I have that desire for all in authentic worship. But at the end of the day, that's going to come from people's all in authentic love of Jesus, you know, and not anything I'm doing or not doing, if that makes sense. Well, there's this um, podcast called Behold, which I recommend everybody listen to. Sounds lame. And yeah, and and the theme of that podcast is that by seeing more clearly this God, our it transforms everything about how we live. Yeah. And so it's it's strange. We we usually think about the transforming work is 
um, you know, like I want to lose weight. So the transforming work is working on the treadmill or whatever. But actually, the transforming work of of going on of trying to you know be healthy is the picture of what you want to see for yourself, how you want to be different, right? So how we grow in the Christian life is by seeing God more clearly, which is why going through this heaven series, what kind of God creates this place for us? What kind of God says, hey, your, your body's going to wear out, but I, I got you covered, and then there's going to be resurrection, and I've got a great place, and it's yeah. not going to be something foreign and weird and spacey where you're floating on a cloud. I, I was just thinking all the movies I've seen just have horrible, lame pictures of uh, heaven, like that, that you would think of Dan yeah, when you were a kid. Yeah, like, exactly. oh, I don't want to, I'm on a harp. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm wearing a, a diaper. Have yeah. you seen the musical Carousel? This guy dies in his heaven. It is the worst, most boring picture of heaven. There's nothing there. Yeah. He's like a, sitting on a, a bar stool. That's it. Um, but, um, but anyway, so, so, um, uh, and maybe another thing that Dan uh, touched on, and if I can get back in my hobby horse, um, uh, since, since um, the picture of, of the temple and the tabernacle and and who we are is a, is a kingly kingship um, country, we have a country us that we're citizens of. That worship um, worship is also not religious. It's not a religious thing. There's uh, well, I won't get to that. But uh, <laughs> pretty much in my view, nothing's religious. Okay, but uh, <laughs> uh, but but what it is is it's always relational. It's relationship. So, and it and it's directly proportional to the to the person that you're worshiping. Yeah. So, if you're watching a sporting event like Dan just did, mm-hmm. you probably saw some like yeah, you know, yeah, even yeah, though yeah, you're yeah, like exactly. free or froze, freezing oh, off, dude, yeah. right? But um, that that person, and no matter how great that touchdown was, is nothing compared to the Savior of the universe. Right. It's nothing compared yeah. to the Father who sits enthroned in light and has now made His dwelling with God with people, yeah. and so. Um, I think of like the worship that's described in in uh, Revelation twenty one that all the nations, the kings, yeah. bring their glory into the new Jerusalem, right. meaning their cultural products, right? And and so here is uh, a a picture of of worship, bringing but bringing physical things to give. Uh, uh, to to the the king, yeah. right? That's cool. And so then and, and so what about us? Well. We, when we sing on a Sunday, for example, yeah. we are beholding the, the, the words are, te- are teaching something true. And we, to the degree that we listen and let that wrap our, our minds, that's the degree that we experience what Sean was saying, this uh, offering to the king, mm. right? Not, not, not in this religious space, but in God's presence. And the degree that we um, uh, keep in mind that we are now together being built up into this new kingdom that, yeah. that citizens, that's, that's what motivates us to love each other sacrificially. Like I experienced when I was, we were sick, yeah. people giving their time, giving their finances, uh, bringing us food, right? That is an overpouring of worship to, uh, to the king by caring for his people. Right. And so all these, all these uh, outposts of heaven type things that we can experience now are directly related to are we seeing bigger, cl- clearer, more uh, with more beauty? Yeah. Well, and I, th- I think one of the things we're going to see in this series is there's a continuity that God wants us to have an understanding of when it comes to heaven, that, that the things that we're experiencing here and now um, as being part of that that kingdom and being citizens of, of of that kingdom, the things we're experiencing now, we're looking at them kind of through a, a mirror dimly lit. 
we're, we're kind of, uh, we can see it and, and, and it's, we're making certain images out and we're experiencing certain things. And what we step into in heaven is going to be the, the full clear picture of that. Amen. And that is a really important concept because, and this is great because you get to hear a little, a little worship leader uh, back and forth, like <laughs> little, little debate right now, live. We're doing it live. We're um, doing it live. You know, f- for me, to your point, Sean, of being like, no one had to instruct them, get sure. on your knees and bow down. But those people that are there at some point were instructed by the Levites that this is the kind of worship that God likes. He likes these certain physical responses that match up with a heart response. And there's a variety of them and we're going to do them together. You know, we're going to learn how to do that as a people. And, you know, there's a reason why it wasn't just chaos. Some pe- this guy's doing a cartwheel. Uh, this tribe over here is shooting off fireworks. <laughs> this guy over here is, uh, you know, uh, making a cake. Like what, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's no, they, they all knew this is the appropriate physical response that matches what, how we feel about our King. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, so there does need to be some instruction and teaching, especially if the community that you're in is not doing <laughs> very often or, or very widespread those things that are prescribed for us in the Psalms. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah. Uh, and if I, I might have misspoke. If I said that we should never give instructions, that was my bad. I didn't mean okay, to say that. Okay. But I just think the emphasis for me is that if it's not happening, usually my suspect is not, hey, I don't think I've ever instructed yeah. this group that we should bow well, and, but, and my point is, that, and I've talked to a lot of people where they're like, I, I am worshiping God in my heart. I'm very moved. I'm very centered on him. I love him, but, but I, I have never, I've, I don't do a lot with my body as an overflow. I've talked to a lot of people from our church that are, that are of that mind. And unless we tell them that, Hey, this is biblical and you have freedom to do it. They may not know that they, that they can, or they may even want to, but they don't feel free to do, to do so. And so, um, anyway, that's, I think, I think you, you, you'll be around certain groups. Like, like for instance, when we were on our staff retreat and, and there's a lot of people who are like you're describing really, really focused and beholding God and, and, and we're, we were kind of, um, meant to lead the way in that, you know, in, in some regards, there wasn't a lot of instruction needed for that. Like when we started singing, boom, heaven, heaven, it was heavenly. Do you know what I mean? It, there may be gatherings that we have at VBC that, that where there's a mixed group of people that are all in different spots. And so I think whether it's, we're talking about worship or we're talking about relationships or we're talking about whatever arena of this heaven on earth that we're wanting to see that there is some instruction that is needed for sure. For sure. I agree with you. Yeah. I just, I think, uh, like I said, I th- my, my first suspect is normally, at least with my experience of people, mm-hmm. is less what I'm telling them and more where their heart's at. Yeah. And I think about, because I was thinking about, you know, I hear people like that who are, you know, I'm just not a very physically expressive person, you right. know? Right, Especially a lot of men I talk to. Men are, you know, we're men. We're reserved, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, man, going back to the sports thing, if I watch you at a Packers game, you're screaming your head off, you know? If your favorite basketball team scores a three-pointer or whatever— you have no inhibitions about Mm -hmm. shouting for joy, you know? And I think a huge part of that is because you are emotionally and on a heart level, you're invested with this team. You have trust in them. You have hope in them. You, you want 
a piece of what's happening there. And you, identi- you identify with them you because identify, they're your team. They're your team. You identify with them. Mm-hmm. And it, man, if that was the same with your view of heaven, I don't think you would. I think you would shout for joy. Yeah. I think you would do yeah. it. So I, I think we're both ants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Hey, um, kind of turning a corner, but tagging on to what you just said, Sean, um, you know, one of the things we talked about was uh, how do we, since this is such a great gospel um, opportunity, like because people are so concerned. I, Gary shared a story about a, oh my a, gosh, a neighbor. Oh, my so encouraging. And, oh, yeah. and the question was, you know, my sister, all these people come to her house and they seem like really, really? confident. Yeah, that right? she's in, that yeah. she is somewhere. Right. Yeah. And I love that. I love that sense of con- uh, that idea of confidence. Um, we, and we talked earlier before you have to, you can't, you have to, it has to be true. This hope has to be true and it has to be like worthwhile. Yeah. And, and, and then, but then once you got that, it, you, it, it, it will give you a sense of deep confidence, not as one, uh, I think atheist has said, pie in the sky when you die. Like that's <laughs> kind of mocking this thing like, yeah. oh, it's someday, uh, keep, keep f- doing churchy things because someday, you know, you'll be, hopefully it'll uh, work, hopefully out. work out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, and so just thinking like, well, I think step one for for utilizing the 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 fact of heaven as a to share the gospel is us understanding clearly what it is we're talking about not not a, not fluffy clouds and harps um so this series I think is is great for that but what do you what do you think what are other things that make this aspect not hokey and maybe maybe get around some of those cultural misunderstandings and just show the beauty of this that would that's again grounded in uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking back to the beginning of this episode when Dan brought up the book about the Holocaust survivor. I'm just thinking about what that experience would have would have been like in the camp, you know, and people witnessing this person and watching them. My my guess is that people probably noticed their hope. You know, people probably noticed something was different about them. Hmm. Probably, probably prompted questions. You know, what's up with you, dude? Maybe it was like, what's why are you so dumb? You know, or whatever, because they're in that situation. Yeah. But I think that's a huge part of God's plan for us now. Is is our hope in heaven isn't just meant for us, right? It's meant to be a beacon for us to be able to be a salt and light. And so, hmm. you know, I just think about, you know, as we're especially with the new year, we're launching into twenty twenty two. I don't know. I just. I, I've noticed in some of my relationships with people and, and some uh, some just ministry context, it, I feel like in some age groups, it's becoming more kind of common to kind of have this attitude of like, not woe is me, but just things are really bad out there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they are, they're hard. No, I mean, you're, we're all going through stuff yeah. and that's real stuff, you know? But it's just, I think it's really easy to kind of drift into this attitude where we're just like, man, life is hard, life is hard. And even if it's like laced with Jesus come back, mm-hmm. you know, still we're kind of have this just kind of like mopey attitude. And man, I just think that's indicative of what hope in heaven looks like. You know, I just think about even simple things like I've just referenced Psalm 100, shout for joy, you know, mm-hmm. have gladness or man today. And I said this at the ultimate Sunday, this is the year the Lord has made rejoice and be glad in it. Mm-hmm. Are we as Christians rejoicing and being glad on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. I think it's really easy to not to just kind of focus. And then like on an intellectual level, yeah, say like, Jesus, yeah. I know you're here with me, but it's easy to kind of drift into that. And I think we have to be intentional about fighting that yeah. and, and reminding ourselves of what's to come, who Jesus is, beholding him, all those yeah. things. So that as we're rejoicing and being glad, just like this one guy in the camp, people will see that and yeah. they'll have questions. I think that that process to answer your question, Nate, of seeing someone who is actually being joyful and glad in hard situations, 
that's what gives credibility to his hope is, yeah. is seeing the effect of that yeah. in relationship. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so earlier, Nate, you mentioned the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure despair is not <laughs> on there. That's correct. I'm Dan. pretty sure <laughs> fear, you know, is yeah. not on there. Yeah. Joy, you know, peace, uh, those types of things. So, so exactly, you know, it, modeling that, you know, um, yeah. exemplifying that for people is, is a huge way that we can start this conversation. It, it's interesting I really love that Pat brought up the 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 research stuff from mm-hmm. from George Barnum, and I feel like that could be a, a possible way to bring this stuff up with people. It's just like, hey, I was reading this interesting statistic the other day that that less than two percent of the uh, 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 of this you know pool believes that they're going to hell. Like, <laughs> and and what what do you think about that? Like, what do you think happens to people after they die? You know, or or I think uh, a lot of conversations these days come up f- about COVID. Right. And so just to ask someone, do do you ever get afraid of dying? Do you fear death? Right. You know, just, just, there's these questions that I think they're, they're, they're one step removed from things we talk about every day. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a, it's a significant step (laughs) because you, you, you're taking things from a theoretical surface level kind of discussion and making it, you're, 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 you're turning it back on them and it may catch people off guard. But I want, you know, I wonder if, if, if people are ready to talk about this kind of stuff, mm. because I know they're thinking about it. Yep. And so just to, just to think of an arsenal of questions, right? Yeah. Three or four different, different questions with attached to three or four different articles or research things that you've looked into and, and, and almost be curious about what people think, because yeah, for sure. People will see the way we're living if we're, if we're living this, this heavenly, with this heavenly hope and they'll come to us with questions, but I think we can actually go to, uh, to people and, and, and question them and see where they're at. And, and I don't feel like it's that much of a jump. It, it's, it's kind of one step away from the, the cultural conversation right now. Yeah. Yeah. I was think I was thinking, um, uh, <laughs> about again, confidence and that, that story that Gary shared about, he, he mentioned, they seem really sure where yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. And we live in a time where uh, it's almost an embarrassment to be too sure, mm. right? You're supposed to be tentative. You don't want to impress your opinion. Well, that's just my view. That's your my truth. Yeah. You know, what's your truth kind of thing. You want to be a skeptic. It's, it's heralded to be a skeptic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But to your point, Dan, um, you know, our our hope in, in what, God, Christ is, what God has done in Christ and the, what he do, will do is the flip side of fear and anxiety. Mm. Anxiety is the emotion of uncertainty. People are uncertain. What if I get this? What if my family gets this disease? Or what if this happens or whatever, right? Yeah. And so there's a certain hope that we can offer that that takes away the, the uncertainty. Mm. And then f- fear is the, uh, the emotion of like uh, danger, right? That there's something dangerous that's going to harm me. Yeah. And we say what Christ has done has secured something that, that nothing... You know, nothing can separate you, not, yeah. not you know, height nor depth can separate you from the love of God, yeah. uh, things to come or things present. And this hope has been guaranteed not because of some pie in the sky, but because of the precious blood of Jesus yeah. who entered into our world, saw you, and died for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, and even it, Pat, Pat on Sunday was, was like, he was coming up, he was coming into the valley over the Altamont Pass, and he hit some, some black ice. And and fishtailed around, and because of his cat-like reflexes, was able to you know stabilize the vehicle and get to church safely. 
but he 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 kind of landed there and was like, "Wow, I mean, I I could have I could have been in the physical, I could have experienced what I'm teaching about today, <laughs> right then and there." But it was so remarkable for him to say that would be better. Like I love being here with you guys and sharing what I'm sharing right now. But like Paul said, it, Pat echoed that it's better to be in the presence of Jesus. And he's like, if I die, I die. I, 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 I cause that would be great. You know? Um, and that is preposterous to a, an unbelieving world, Yeah, you know, but for us, it's the reality that, that gets us through the, the hardest things we have to deal with on, on this side of eternity. Yeah. Amen. And, and also, um, I know I never thought about this, but heaven is a great way to address temptation to sin mm. because um, it, we're reminded that there's better things. Instead of being caught up in things that are uh, sinful and, yeah. and, 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 you know, temporary, going to go away, Paul, mm. Paul talks about the, the, um, these eternal, there's eternal things and there's things passing away. I think in... Um, uh, I was going to say Second Peter three, but maybe not. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's in there somewhere. <laughs> Where, we'll get you know, the fact checkers. That, on yeah, it. yeah. That, that, that there's things passing away. John, uh, John, and First John talks about this: that the world and everything in it is passing away. Hmm. And so, keeping in he- heaven in mind, we see, um, oh, this, this. We have light and momentary trials, but this is also a light and. Cheap, in, in it's cheap a cheap yeah, pleasure, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about the pleasures that God gives us in the world. I'm talking, talking about, about sinful yeah, pleasures. Yeah, yeah. And so I never thought about that too, but um, that's actually another powerful reason for keeping heaven in mind. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And to tag onto that, you know, one of the things I think about a lot with sin or just a lot of different like unhealthy things is like just that thought process. You hear this a lot from like drug addicts. They'll say like, man, using is, it's stealing from your future self. Mm. You know, you're, 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 you're just borrowing and taking from your future self. And I think mm. in a weird way with sin, you, you're doing that, you know, maybe not from, from the promise of heaven, but you are stealing from your future self, whether it's five minutes from now or tomorrow's self, how much you're able to live in and enjoy the promise of heaven. Well, and also we're going to, we're going to stand before, before Jesus as our judge, not to condemn us, but to give a record for everything we've done, whether good or bad in the body. And so... <laughs> That is a huge motivator for us. It's like when I meet Jesus, like I, I want to, um, I want to minimize the regret that I have before mm-hmm. him. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, you guys know who Fanny Crosby was? Uh, no, she was mm-hmm. uh, um, a uh, hymn writer, mm-hmm. and she was blind. And uh, she, uh, someone asked her, oh, "Aren't you sad that you're blind?" She says, "No, because I know the first thing." I'm going to see you in heaven will be the face of my Savior. That's amazing. And that richness to her. So it just kind of brings again, like, you know, Dude, that, that, is, that, that, that's that heaven is this, is uh, this, uh, the personal presence of the Savior, yeah. the Father, and, um, you know, life and the Spirit together. That, 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 Could can't, you imagine? that can't be in, separated from this. <laughs> Jesus stuff. and his kingdom being the first thing, first thing you, you ever see. Yeah. That, dude, that is, that blows me away. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. called patience right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I used to think about this a lot, you know, when I was kind of parsing through some of these big questions. And I just it always had an emotional, like, spark with me of just trying to really picture and visualize just that moment when whenever the Lord chooses, when we all pass away, can you just imagine just the the overwhelming just flood of 
joy and relief and confirmation and all those things when you die and you open your eyes for the first time. Hmm. Just how amazing that moment's going to be and what it's going to lead into. I just, oof, I think about that. Mm. That's uh, um, Our imaginations are not used enough, I think, sometimes in our Christian life. But, um, you know, the imagination is is to not to make stuff up, but to perceive things. It's actually really necessary for how we live. And I love what you just said, Sean, because um, I think it's really valuable to practice, you know, an informed imagination. So we read scripture. We're not imagining up our own vision of heaven. There was a, a movie with Robin Williams called uh, What Dreams May Come. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Cool, cool looking movie, totally wrong and just bad in all kinds of uh, yeah. theological levels. Um, but, it, you know, so this, this person with an uninformed, unbiblical un, uh, worldview was imagining a story. Yeah. Well, we've got... We've got a better reality, and like you said, Dan. Even though we can't, well, we're, we see things dimly. We've been given these little postcards, yeah. these little snapshots yeah. that we can then see and say, "Wow, let me, let me just, what would that be like? What would yeah. that be like?" Use your imagination based on that, yeah. which is cool, right, right? Right? Exactly. Because we we want. I think that is the key to, or one of the keys to to having that emotional response that we're we're getting after yep. is is kind of like. Gary talked about scoping it out. It's kind of like in our mind's eye, just thinking, okay, so there's going to be a city, right? Okay. There's going to be some kind of, uh, like I was, I've been thinking a lot about the marriage supper of the lamb. Hmm. What what the heck is that going to be like? (laughs) What table is going to be big enough for us all to sit at? I mean, think about generations and generations of believers who've trusted in Christ. We're all going to share in the, in, in the cup with Jesus at that table. Mm. Like, what is that going to be like? You know what I mean? For us to just try to wrap our minds around those snapshots we have, I think there, there will start to, we'll start to develop this kind of wonder and awe and excitement Hmm. that, that can feed that hope that in a way that changes us. Amen. That's great. Well, man, we hope you guys, if you missed it, will go back and listen online to the beginning of this Heaven series and that you'll join us for the rest of it. And just to give you a little sneak peek, this is such a genius flow. You know, we just came out of the the Christmas series, just the, the miracle of Christ coming and what that means. And now we're in the Heaven series, beholding what he guaranteed for us. And then coming up after that, in four or five weeks, we're going to dive into what resurrection life looks like then which I think is so just like today's conversation, man, what does that hope do for us and how are we going to do it now? So we're really looking forward to this next couple months as a church family together. Danny, Nady, <laughs> love you guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for you listeners out there. We hope this has been helpful and encouraging. Hope to see you on Sunday and then tune in again with you next week. All right. Take care. Love you. Yeah. <laughs>